Hey y'all, this is Charlie. We are living, loving, laughing, and great. And welcome back. We are also continuing on in our uh, second podcast series of the year that is all about the Lord's Supper, also known as the Holy Communion. And as you know, if you listen to the previous podcast, uh, we have just gone deep into God's Word. He has so much richness and goodness for us because, my friends, the the Lord's Supper is very near and dear to our Lord's heart. It is the one thing that He asked us to do to remember Him by. And we are truly, truly proclaiming His victory in our lives every time we receive. So we're going to jump right back into the Word. Here we go. You know, God's righteousness is on your side demanding that you are righteous. That's what happens when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. His sacrifice became your sacrifice. His punishment became your punishment, my friends. The punishment we all deserve, he took it for us. So now we get to receive the blessings and the favor that he deserved. Hallelujah. So this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes, right? And, and we've kind of already touched on that. And did you notice that twice? As often, as often, my friends, you can receive of the Lord's Supper as often as you want. Jesus said, as often as you do this, you're thinking about me. I don't know about you, but I want to think about Jesus a lot. <laughs> Amen. And, um, and it says that we are proclaiming the Lord's death till he comes. Because when he comes and gets us, we're not going to need to do this to remember him anymore, right? We'll be with him. We'll have the fullness of, of the life that he's given us. Our bodies will be transformed, my friend. You know, it's the only thing left. Your spirit has already been completely transformed, has been perfected. You are the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But I don't have to tell you that your body your mind, your emotions still need some transforming. And we can begin to receive that here on earth. Just as it says in 3 John 2, Beloved, I pray that you would prosper in all things and be in good health, even as your soul prospers, which means as our soul is prospering, we can expect our body to begin prospering. But it's when Jesus will call us up that we will get the fullness of a brand new, forever young, forever healthy body. But we don't have to wait till then. So we're going to keep going to receive, my friends, receive the Lord's Supper to proclaim his death. Why? His death is our victory. The death of Jesus Christ is the foundation by which we have been made righteous. We have been justified. We have been forgiven. We are now blessed. We are now children of God. We have a new identity. Your old man has passed away. My friends, his, his death is our victory. In every way, in every area, receive of the Lord's Supper and proclaim your victory. Hallelujah. So continuing on in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven, 27, it says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. So whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner. My friend, I want you to pay attention to this. It doesn't say an unworthy person. We're all unworthy. 
<laughs> Amen. That's why we need Jesus. Naturally speaking, it is because of his blood that we've been made worthy. Right? So you can say before Jesus, we were all unworthy. Now that you have Jesus, Jesus is in you. You should never call yourself unworthy again. Sometimes we do unworthy things. But Jesus put it this way. What I have called clean, never call unclean again. That's why you were a sinner. Sometimes now you still sin. There's a difference in being a sinner as a noun and committing a sin, doing a sin as a verb. Sometimes you still sin, but you are no longer a sinner. You are a child of God. Hallelujah, my friend. And the more we recognize and focus on who we are, a beloved child of God, the more we will live that out in our life. We need to know our new identity in Christ. Christ is now your identity, my friend. Just as we know, First uh, John tells us that just as Christ is, so am I in this world. Christ is your new identity. Hallelujah. Amen. So this is not talking about the person. It's saying the way. There is a way that you can take the Lord's Supper that he considers unworthy. And guess what's so wonderful? He doesn't leave us hanging. He explains it to us. I'm going to give you a little hint. We've kind of already talked about it, right? Isn't that what started his whole, his whole um, message to the Corinthians right now? In this, I will not praise you. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And this is, we're really going to zero in on this today because I feel the Lord telling me in my heart that there are still people who aren't receiving because of this tradition of man, this wrong teaching. I grew up under it as well, that this phrase here, but let a man examine himself means that you're supposed to look at your life, look at your heart, see if you have any sins. And if you do, you can't receive of the communion. That's how it was taught to me. And I know that it's taught that way in many different denominations, unfortunately. Some even teach that before you can receive communion, you have to go to a leader of the church, confess all your sins, and then you can receive of the Lord's Supper. So here's the thing. Anywhere in here has he yet mentioned sins? No. There's nowhere in here that talks about sins. Also, so far, what have we learned? That this is supposed to be about Jesus, not about ourselves. See, my friend, we have to keep everything in context. And in fact, that, that whole teaching that you have to go and ask for forgiveness of your sins, it's nowhere in the Bible, period. My friend, if we're still trying to ask for forgiveness of our sins after we've received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then what we're saying is that his sacrifice at the cross wasn't enough. And if you could be forgiven of your sins simply by going and asking for it or telling someone else about it, and then doing penance, then what did Jesus die for? My friend, that's not Bible confession. 
Confession in the Greek means to agree with. The way we confess our sins today is to agree with God that because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we are completely forgiven. The way we confess our sins is to declare and agree with God what we read earlier in Hebrews chapter 8, that he is merciful to our sins and our, and our lawless deeds and our sins he remembers no more. If he says he remembers no, them no more, why are we coming and reminding him about them and saying, can you please forgive me? And he's going, I already did at the cross and my son. Now, I do believe in when we make mistakes coming and acknowledging that. And that's what we need. Again, we need that renewal of the mind that Abba, I, I blew it again. I am so grateful that I am forgiven because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus, thank you that you that you shed your blood so that I am forgiven. Thank you. That because of your blood, I am now in you and my father sees me in your perfections instead of in my imperfections. And my friends, that is the truth. The Bible says that it is grace, God's grace that frees you from the dominion of sin. You know what that word dominion means? It means the control of sin. It's when we see that we've already been forgiven of those sins, that God already accepts us, that there's no longer any judgment or condemnation. That is what breaks the hold of sin over our life. But if we're still trying to get forgiveness, that brings guilt, that brings shame. That means we're seeing ourselves in that sin and we're staying under the control of it. Thank the Lord. His ways, that's what it means. His ways of grace are so much higher than we can understand. Thank the Lord that because of Jesus, you are forgiven today. Hallelujah. So it says, but let a man examine himself. So remember, Jesus just told us right before he said this, that the blood we're going to take is for the new covenant. And the new covenant tells us our sins are completely washed away. And nowhere in this have we even seen, and I can tell you in this whole passage, nowhere does it mention sins. And if you sit there, right, and, and, and I've done this, I've been holding the, the cup in one hand and the, and the bread in the other, and they're telling you to examine yourself and look at your heart. When you start doing that, are you thinking about Jesus anymore? Or are you thinking about yourself? It's impossible for us to sit there and look at our own heart and our own emotions and our own thoughts and also still be thinking about Jesus. But this is supposed to be in remembrance of Jesus. <laughs> Amen, my friends. I hope that this is, uh, is freeing some of you that we're under these same teachings, believing these traditions of men instead of the word of God. My friends, you know, that was the Pharisees problems. They had... Jesus often rebuked them for it, that instead of believing the word of God, they preferred to follow the tradition of man. And there are many traditions, you know, in the church that began out of revelation. But as the years have gone down, as we've seen happen with these Corinthians, the revelation has been lost. And now people are carrying out traditions just for the sake of carrying out traditions, and they're not seeing Jesus in it. And if we don't see Jesus in it, there's no power in it, my friends. Jesus is the power. The gospel of grace is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. 
So he says, let a man examine himself. I did go down a bunny trail. I kind of forgot where I was at. But let a man examine himself. Listen to this too. So we're not, there must be, what I'm getting at is there must be something different to this than what traditional teaching has taught us. And hopefully maybe like me, many years ago, I was so blessed to be, to be uh, freed from that lie and that tradition that, that told me that I was supposed to examine myself. Because my friends, this was the reality of what would happen then. You know, because they, they would say something along the lines like if you have any sin, then you can't receive. And, you know, you need to judge the condition of your heart. Do you have unforgiveness? Do you have bitterness? Do you, you know, are you angry at someone? You know, they go through this whole list of stuff. And I remember when I was very young, after they would do that, I was shocked at how many people still received. <laughs> and I thought, well, I can add one to your list. You're all lying to yourselves. <laughs> okay, my friends. <laughs> because if we're honest with ourselves, we sin every day. We sin every hour. The definition of sin is falling short of the glory of God. Falling short of the glory of God. We are still trying to discover the heights of the glory of God. My friends, aren't you happy he's already forgiven you for every time you've fallen short? So as I would sit there doing this, guess what? Then I'd start feeling, I, I, I even remember when I was really young, I didn't even know why I just loved receiving communion. And now I know why, because it's meant to be all about my Jesus. And I loved my Jesus. I knew he loved me. But as I got older and, and, and would process these thoughts that were being told, I would sit there and it would start becoming a time of feeling guilty and depressed. And that is the exact opposite of what the Lord's Supper should be. When Jesus originally gave it, there was joy and there was laughter. There was celebration. And he simply gave thanks. Paul just quoted exactly you know, what, what the Lord did. He said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And it says he did that after he'd given thanks. He gave thanks for the blood. When we come to receive the communion, it is a time of giving thanks. Thanking the Lord for breaking his body for us. That through his broken body, we receive health and strength and life. Thanking the Lord that through the shedding of his blood, we have received forgiveness of our sins. We are now righteous. We are now beloved children of God. We have a new identity in Christ. And that's it, my friends. As you're doing this examining, you're holding the body and the blood. Look at what you're holding. That blood in your hand tells you you're forgiven. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So it says, but let, and listen, here's the thing, because you were going to dig deep in this, but listen to this, but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Whatever this examining is, so I told you what it's not, whatever it is, it should lead to you eating of the bread and drinking of the cup, my friend. It's not a disqualifier. It's a qualifier. It's not something meant to make you not receive. Whatever this examining is, it's supposed to make you receive. Do you catch that? Even in the English, we can get that because we're going to get into the Greek. But even in the English, we get that. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Now, what, remember, 
what was the Corinthians problem when Paul was first writing to them? What was it that was causing them to not to no longer receive the Lord's Supper every time they came together? They had lost revelation of it. Right? Remember, they were just treating it like a mealtime or a snack time, which means they had no revelation. So do you think that maybe Paul is giving us all of this to give us more revelation? Right? And that was the problem. So he's giving them the answer. He's not saying you need to look at yourself and not take. He's saying, do this and receive. I'm going to tell you something. This this phrase here is really, uh, it is misleading anyways, but this is why. Because in our natural mind, we're so legalistic. If we remember that everything about the New Testament comes out of God's grace and his supply, right? I bet for you, this, this sentence here, but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. When we put that in perspective of God's grace, then we see, wait a minute, this should cause me to want to receive. But I've heard this scripture used so many times to put up a barrier between the Lord's Supper. But listen to this, this phrase. So I want you to see, even in the English, you could get this. Okay. Originally I did. I don't remember when, but, but sometime back when I was meditating on God's word, and I just kept speaking the scripture over myself. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And I was just speaking that, kind of muttering it. And then it's like the Lord stopped me. And so let him. I said, whoa, and so let him. And so let him. Oh, Lord, whatever this examining it is, it should lead me to receiving. Hallelujah. Amen. God is so good. And I want you to see that, to know that you don't have, you know, it, it is good because the New Testament was originally written in Greek and the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew. So we can really learn from that. And you know what? You're learning from my learning. <laughs> and a lot of times, my friends, that's good enough. And that's why I wanted you to see that even in the English, you could get this. But as the Bible tells us, there's a Proverbs that says it is the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to seek it out. Like there's there's more riches, right? The more we seek and, and dig down into God's word. And this is what I want to share with you. This phrase, but let a man examine. This is actually only one word in the Greek, but let a man examine. And this is what this word is. This word is dokimazo. Dokimazo, one word in the Greek, dokimazo, and this is what it means to test literally or figuratively by implication to approve, to approve. I want you to say that word with me. Say approve, approve. This word means to prove with a view to approving. I'm reading to you out of the um, Greek portion of the Strong's uh, Dictionary, the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, my friend, where I looked up what this Greek word is. This Greek word is dokimazo, and this word means to prove with a view to approving. So let's put that into this sentence that he tells you, basically let each man 
proof. He's telling you, let each of you prove for himself the value of the body and the, and the blood. The, he's saying, prove for yourself so that you and your own eyes, you approve of the bread and the cup and then receive it. You know, if we put one little word here in the English, it would have brought that out. Instead of saying, but let a man examine himself, if it says, but let a man examine for himself, or even if we just put a comma there, but let a man examine comma himself, which in the Greek, it is more, it is actually broken up more that way. He's saying for you to, to prove with a view to approving for for you to approve, and then there's a separation, each one, like each one of us needs to have our own revelation of the value of the bread and the cup. My friends, I don't know about you, but that sure brought joy to my heart. God wants us to approve of this because he wants us to get to receive the full benefits. Remember, your Abba, your daddy God is always looking for reasons to bless you. And how do we approve? Through the word. That's why we looked at that word earlier, my friends. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it told us, right, that we get our doctrine from the word. So he's saying, each of you, he's, it's like he's reminding them, remember the word that you once believed? And then he even gives that word to them again. So we see that on both sides of Paul reminding them of the Lord's Supper. He speaks about having correct understanding, having the correct knowledge, having revelation of what's behind receiving the Lord's Supper. He tells them that's why you're not receiving anymore. That's why you're treating it like a snack because you, you've lost your heart for it. You have no revelation for it. And then he reminds them again here. I want each of you. You have to have your own belief, my friend. See, I can, I can share. I can tell you that. And as we're going to see in more scripture that Jesus broke his body so that our bodies can be put back together. He broke his body to take our weaknesses and our sicknesses and our diseases. But you have to choose to believe. There's a proverb that says each one to be believes to himself. Right? Like we can all hear the same message preached. We can all read the same passage in the scriptures. But then it's up to each one of us to believe. Your pastor can't believe for you. I can't believe for you. You have to believe for yourself. Hallelujah. And this isn't, don't think God is not, again, this is a qualifier, not a disqualifier. God's not going, oh, you know, you've got like such a percentage of belief, but, but there's some little bit of unbelief. So you don't get it. No, my friends, Jesus is so wonderful and he is so gracious. Remember what he said. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, if there's just a little tiny part of your heart that is saying, I believe what you're speaking right now, Charlie, when I say, hey, the broken body is where your health and your healing and you just say, amen. Faith is small as a mustard seed. And that's often just saying, amen, my friends. Amen means so be it, so be it unto me. When you hear promises of God being spoken that you want in your life, say, amen. Hallelujah, because Jesus said, he repeated, say, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed 
and, and be cast into the sea and it will do what you said, my friends. Jesus is so good. So with such a small faith, because you know what he does? He zeroes in on your belief and he forgives all of your doubt. He forgives all of your doubt, my friend. And that little bit of belief he will zero in on. And you know what, my friends? We are going to have to stop right there. Oh my goodness. I know it's so hard to do because Jesus has so much for us. And I know we just love to be here and be in his presence. But of course, you can continue to still be in his presence. Um, but uh, my time is up. So I'm going to have to let you go. And we will pick this up again next time and get right back into this beautiful word that the Lord has for us. All right, my friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you, smiling on you, my friends. See that your daddy God is always smiling on you and granting you his peace. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Till next time. Keep on living, loving, laughing, and grace.